Hello, welcome to Inspect, a show about design and development. And in this week's show, we're going to be talking about the age-old debate of whether designers should code. Myself and Kay, both of us just started our careers as designers and both of us do do code now. So uh, we've definitely got our opinions, but uh, we'll try and approach this from, from both sides of the argument. Um, why they should and why they shouldn't. So um, this has been one of those topics that comes up, you know, all the time. It's been debated hundreds and hundreds of times. You go on Google and there's millions of search results related to this this same question, should designers code? Yeah. Um, there's plenty of reasons why they should, plenty of reasons why they shouldn't. So I think if we if we go for reasons why we think we should they shouldn't first, uh, why we think there should be a, you know, a clear divide between the designers and the developers of a team. Um, let's yeah, let's see where that takes us. Um, yeah. So, what do you think? What's your opinion? Um, so we got. I've I've worked in uh, in teams before where you've got dedicated um, individuals, you know, who focus on certain aspects of a project, and that kind of makes things very very easy, uh, very very sort of um, easy to manage. Um, your you know your different aspects of a, of a of a project that you're working on so you know if you're a designer and you know you're you're given set tasks design related tasks you you know what you're going to be dealing with you know exactly what's required of yourself um and you know your let's just say your design director or you know project manager um knows that you know you're the guy responsible for certain aspects of design and will you know assign the work to you accordingly and and that's it and it's just you know it's just for a designer, it's just easy for them to, you know, to, to manage their workload, um, not having to, you know, think outside the box too much in terms of, you know, oh, I'm going to have to um, apply a bit of code here or, you know, on this project, on this on this website, on this app or anything like that. It is what it is. And they just strictly just focus on that particular task. Um, and that, you know, that's a benefit there for anyone managing a, a designer or a, or a project because, um, you know, you've got the individuals responsible for their task at hand. So, it yeah, for me, it's just streamlining there. You know, it's it's a it's a big advantage, I think. Yeah. So essentially, sort of taking away focus from their day job uh, if they're trying to, if they're going to have to think about coding as well. Yeah. Um, you know, a designer can focus on on literally just you know the the task at hand on their core skills. Exactly. You're not all over the place. You know what I mean? You're just, you know, just focus on that task and, you know, you don't have to worry about anything else. Yeah, because it's only really in this industry where those two roles do get crossed over a lot. You, you don't ever hear of, you know, uh, should um, people in finance uh, learn HR or something like that. You oh, yeah. Know, you yeah. don't expect any other industries to cross over as much. But I suppose because design and code obviously go hand in hand quite a lot, this always comes up. But there's definitely benefits to having that clear divide where people can just focus on their their task. Um, and of course, like it takes a different type of person to be a designer and a coder as well. And um, coding may not necessarily fit, you know, everyone's personality or the way they think. True. Some people need that sort of creative uh, creative license to basically just. Uh, do what they feel is right for this pro for the project uh, in terms of design without having to work to the restrictions of what's possible and what's um, what's doable on, on the platform in terms of code mm, yeah definitely 
Whereas, um, you know, programmers, uh, maybe you think about finer details a little bit more and a bit more calculative. Mm. So it depends on your personality type as well. If you've got a little bit of both of that in you, then um, yeah, it could be something that fits. But if not, then that's one reason to for designers just to focus on, on what they're doing. Mm. No, definitely. I think, um, I, you know, people have always said to, to me, you know, as I've been going through this whole journey from design to development, just focus on what you're good at focus on your core skills and your core strengths and improve them and keep improving them and keep practicing and just keep making them better and better and better but you know i found reasons to implement you know um learning design um sorry learning development and learning how to code um into my into my skill set um because i'm you know i'm I'm a solopreneur i'm running my own business if you like you know i'm a freelancer and I'm basically doing all aspects of it. So, um, you know, like for, for me, it was, uh, it was, yeah, you know, be focused on design. People used to tell me, stick with it. Um, it's what you're really, really good at. Don't bother doing anything else. This is what you really should do, but try and translate your print design, which is what I was, which is what I started off with, um, over to digital design and which is all great. And, you know, that worked up to a point. So, you know, definitely, I think there's that, um, it, it, that's me as well. I'm a creative person. So um, that was, that's that's the way I kind of, I went. I, I sort of stuck with what people said. And uh, up until a point where I sort of found, you know, okay, we've got to learn some new skills. Yeah, but then on, on the flip side of that, where I work, um, we have a clear divide really between the designers and the developers. And uh, I was working on a project recently where um, we had a very short deadline we had, a, we had to turn around this, basically a proof of concept. So it wasn't a major project, really. Just a proof of concept, which we had to turn around in a couple of days. And um, there was myself, who was going to be doing the front end. And then we had a, a separate designer who was uh, based in one of the German offices. And um, this designer, he he doesn't do any coding himself. Um, I don't think he... I don't think he's fully aware of what's possible as well. I think he right. is... He's very separated from the actual uh, development team. But what it allowed him to do was um, create quite a a very, very complete full design, website design, multiple pages within just a couple of hours. Um, he worked, you know, it allowed him to really just focus on his skills, not worry too much about um, how things are going to be implemented. You know, he wasn't going too crazy. He, he knows this at the end of the day, this is a website that we were designing. So um, he had uh, he had those things in mind. Um, but it just allowed him to just, you know, not worry about, okay, if I put this menu here, how is this menu going to sit um, alongside this, this paragraph? You know, are these divs going to clash with each other? Or is this image, you know, going to scale up properly? It's things like that, you know. He didn't really need to think about that too much. He could just focus on purely the visuals. And what he ended up with was uh, this you know, amazing looking design in a very short amount of time. And then it was down to the development team to, to sort of make it happen. So, right. yeah, I think it's definitely, it's definitely good for a designer to, um, to just shut off from that world really. Um, but then it depends on the project as well. If, if a designer is working on something that is specifically for a, an app or a, uh, a particular device, then maybe you do need to know, you know, the constraints have some constraints in mind. But uh, for something like what you were saying with print design, then, you know, there's definitely clearly no 
no um, no need to even know about coding if your if your role doesn't even require it at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think um, you know that that example you've given there is um, is perfect for that for that scenario. And um, I think like, for, for me, for my situation, yeah, I, I get into scenarios where you know the first stage of my project project would be to you know start the design work, you know, wireframe, create some sketches and things like that, and then um, start creating actual designs of each of the pages uh, for the website. And that's the fun part for me. I, I really enjoy that part of the project because it's the creative aspect. So I, I've got full creative license to, you know, be as creative as I like or, you know, be as simple as I want. Um, use nice colors, nice layouts and just be really, really, you know, um, clever with it, if you like. And and then comes the, you know, the, the coding and development part and building templates and integrating those templates into WordPress. And a lot of that becomes very, very tedious, and I tend to lose focus on a project when I'm when I'm doing that. Because um, for me, it's just a case of right. I just need to get it done now, right? And instead of spending a lot of time and effort on getting things working, you know, one thing about coding is you're going to run into a lot of issues with you know your code not working correctly, and you know things aren't you know templates aren't looking right, and then you you know you're working on from mobile first. Then you're looking at tablets and then desktops and making sure everything's looking perfect, right? Um, and that really winds me up. Um, and I, it's probably the same for other um, front-end developers out there. Um, it really does wind me up because I've spent a lot of time doing the design and then, I, <laughs> then I'm spending a lot of time coding it and making sure it's all, you know, pixel perfect responsively. That's a lot of time and effort and it's a lot of headache. And for me, this is a case of, you know, I just wish I can just get this over and done with. And I'd really need to get the project out there. And um, yeah, so, you know, it is a pain. It, it really is sometimes. And, you know, that's where I've gone gone um, out there and found a, you know, a developer, a person who just codes, right? He's like 90% um, coder. And he has a bit of, you know, aesthetic skills there, some design skills. But this guy just focuses on design. So that kind of alleviates it on me. So now I can see the point that we're talking about um, earlier. Uh, focusing on your given tasks and just using you know your course fence. You you said you went and found a coder, and then you said he focuses mm. purely on design. No, he focus he focuses purely on code and development. Okay, so you focus he's, purely he's, on the design now. Yeah, I'm purely design, and on certain projects. So if it's a big project that I'm working on, then I'll do all the design work, and then I'll pass it on to him, and then he'll just go ahead and start you know creating all the. Okay. Uh, a page templates and start doing all the coding. And do you find, even though that you do you do know how to code yourself, do you find that mm. when you're designing now, you're thinking about the code in mind? It's there. It's always there. Definitely. Yeah. Before it wasn't because before I started coding, it, you never thought about it like that, right? You just thought, right, let's just make this as creative and as really nice as possible. Mm -hmm. And then you didn't realize that, okay, how is the developer going to implement this? How are they yeah. going to do this? How are they going to do that? And, and then they're probably thinking, okay, he didn't think, this designer didn't think about, you know, this, didn't think about that. And, you know, all these kind of things. Above the fold was a big issue years ago. So things like that used to uh, creep up. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why it's, for designers as well, it's, um, it could be good to not know how to code because it could sort of stifle your creativity a little bit. Mm. Um. It's it's a fine line, isn't it? 
because it's it's very good to know both skills, but there's plenty of benefits to it. But some of the drawbacks are enough to to just put people off and to think that you know it's better to separate these two skills. Um, and let's not forget, you know, it, for someone new to this, it, it just takes time as well. You know, if someone's a designer and they want to then start to start learning to code, where is that time, that learning time, going to be coming from? That's something that you need to think about because it's exactly. not something that you can ideally just pick up. You know, along the way, you need to spend some time to really learn about HTML structure, about CSS, what's what's possible in CSS, mm. because uh, yeah, not everything is. Um, you know, different browsers, what's possible there. Uh, is JavaScript going to come into this? Do you start think, you know, as a designer, do you think about animation and interaction, and then do you want to do you want to bring that into your coding as well? Yeah. So it could be quite a, quite a big learning curve, uh, and that's another reason why it might put people off, or why some people may need to just stay clear of it and just let the, the full time coders worry about that and keep your job as a full time designer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's. Um... That's a good point. That's a very good point there. And, you know, you, you can look at, um, you know, there's, there's advantages um, to having both skills, right? So Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're trying to find more, trying to find reasons not to. But I think both mm. of us, essentially, we've, we feel like this, it's a good skill to have. So Yeah, I mean, years ago, back in the day, I used to be dead set against coding. I was like, I ain't touching that. I'm not going to get involved with that stuff, you know. You you coding people can do that kind of stuff. I'm going to stick to doing all my creative side of things and making sure everything looks pretty. Mm. But saying that, I've you know I've I've, <laughs> I've 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 kind of like crossed the Rubicon and I'm like now all rounder. So, but I've really love you know I enjoy coding. I I enjoy you know working with CSS and HTML and JavaScript more so now. Yeah, uh, it was something that I never thought I'd want to touch, but. You know, it's there because you can be creative with code as well, right? So yeah, of course. And obviously, you know, we we are web designers. Um, there's plenty of mm. designers out there who don't design for the web. Um, mm. You know, design for print or design for or just logos. You know, plenty of logo mm. designers out there who don't. Oh really yeah, loads. Yeah. So it depends on the type of design work you do. If you are designing websites, then it's probably a skill that's worth having. Whereas if uh, most of your work is outside of the web, then um, it's probably just a nice to have. But all right, so let's go over some of the reasons why we think designers definitely should learn to code as well. Um, I think the most obvious one is that, you know, it just opens up so many opportunities for you. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, a lot of companies these days, they're looking for these uh, so-called unicorns who can do a little bit of everything, um, especially in, so in smaller teams, smaller startups, where they might not have the budget to hire, you know, five different people. Um to, to do you know, very specific jobs, they're looking for a little bit of crossover. Um, where we started with Prama, you know, we were definitely a small team and we needed to get the work done. So all of us pitched in and we all did a little bit of design, a bit of front end, a bit of back end, a bit of marketing. Um, and that's where our skills, both of us, you know, really started crossing over, wasn't it? So, yeah. And and just looking at job boards these days as well, although a job listing may say front-end developer or may say UX designer, um, there's always uh, something in the description where it'll say on a design job, uh, on a design job posting where it'll say nice to have HTML, CSS, yeah. JavaScript, or some knowledge, some knowledge of CMSs and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah it'll definitely open up some more doors. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I see it as a competitive advantage um, when you're looking for a job. So if you do have, if you're a designer with some coding skills there, um, and you you know there's jobs out there, you and you go for that, it's just gonna get selected for the interview for that particular role. There's a very very good chance that you're gonna come up on top. Um, if anyone else who applies doesn't have that coding skill, uh, coding skills or understanding of code, there's a nice little, you know, wild card if you like to have. Um, so you know, even if even if it's not even you know implementation, but understanding it is probably a good thing to uh, to have as a minimal. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, learning the basics, although it does take time, like we mentioned earlier, it's not actually that difficult, and there's plenty of free resources out there where you can. We can learn the basics, learn HTML, CSS, and, and JavaScript. Um, you've got things like Code School, uh, Code Academy, Udemy. And um, yeah, there's, there's a whole load of um, sites. Um, one, of our, one of the previous episodes of the podcast, it was uh, episode 13, was uh, a listener question where the guy asked, um, if he's, how does he know if he's a good developer? And um, in that episode, I shared a few a few resources on how you can sort of test your skills, where you can level up your skills and how you can test your skills. So um, if someone is thinking about learning um, development, it's probably worth checking out episode 13 and um, yeah. yeah, check out some of those resources. Yeah, definitely. I'm always referring to those um, resources, uh, especially code school. Um, it's a sharp enough one, um, especially JavaScript and um because I don't use it all the time, so it's something that I just go back to. You know, every every week I'll probably spend about an hour on it, and just start going through some of the you know the basics again, just just to refresh my um, my understanding of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely those those resources are, are so helpful. Yeah, and um, you know, um, you may even be good at it. So if you're a good designer and you you know you maybe have a little bit of a fear of writing the code. Just give it a go and um, you may enjoy it. Um, that's how I became a developer. I was a designer originally for about seven or eight years. And then there was a need in the company to just get some work done a bit quicker. And uh, because we had a small team, I started pitching in with some CSS and HTML. At that point, I didn't write any JavaScript. Um, we, had a, we had another developer who was handling that. But, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing the layouts and the templating and it just built up from there. The more and more I did it, the more and more I enjoyed it. And now, you know, I'm a full-time developer, really. Um, still do some design work here and there. Um, but, you know, had a complete career change just because I just tried it out, really. Mm. Yeah, I think it worked the same for me. It really sort of empowered me because um, I went solo. And, you know, I set up my own business. Um, and I couldn't just be a designer anymore um, because that's all my business could offer, design work. Mm. And it was a case of people will come to me and say, okay, can you just design um, my uh, website for me? And um, I'm going to take the designs and go and give it to someone else who's going to code it. And I thought, mm, how about if I try and learn how to code, you know, have that skill set, you know, I can do all of it under one roof and I wouldn't have to, you know, find someone else or, you know, they'll have to go and find someone else. Yeah, the code work. I mean, it'd be a hassle for your client to find someone else. And then obviously, if you're finding someone else, that will bump up your costs and could price you out of the project as well. Exactly. This is it. So, you know, I, I kind of provide everything now. So, you know, the design, starting from like, you know, logo and branding through to web design and then doing the whole front end development 
and then you know working with WordPress, building templates, e-commerce stuff, um, some PHPs in there as well. So you know, stuff that I've never wanted to touch, stuff that I'm not very comfortable with, PHP. Um, you know, even SQL and querying databases and things I've picked up um, just just by you know googling um, questions really and and just picking up things from there and bookmarking those sort of solutions and then you know referring back to them uh, when I'm working on things you know as I go along. Um, you, you just tend to find that the more you spend time on things that you're not very comfortable with, um, you know the more you're going to become better at it and then starting you'll start to accept it more i think and um, allowing yourself to you know branch out and like for me i'm just you know it's all it's all good now i'm not afraid of anything now i take on any kind of task i'm not afraid to you know say yeah. no yeah exactly you know if I mean? you don't know if you don't know how to do it you'll learn it yeah definitely yeah um yeah it's definitely worth yes it's a good skill to have isn't it and you know, we mentioned earlier about how being uh, a designer who codes could potentially stifle your creativity, but it can also work in the opposite way as well. Um, if you know the constraints, limitations, or possibilities of what can be done on the platform that you're designing for, then that could definitely improve your designs as well. Um, you know, if you know how SVGs work, for example, and then you know you could. You can use that to your advantage when you're designing things, thinking that okay, this this vector image that I've got in the background is not going to be, it's not going to be saved out as a PNG. It's going to be saved as as an SVG, and it's going to be scalable, yeah. so I can use it here, here, and here, and here. Or exactly. when you're designing icons, okay, I know that icons can be, you know, broken up into an icon font. Um, mm. So maybe I can, you know, design those in a certain way, and um, even just the structure as well, you know. If you're designing like a, a navigation and and you know you know how a navigation is built, then that can yeah. um, help you design the structure of your navigation as well. Um, yeah, referring back to our semantics episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah, you can just you know you understand how how a drop down menu is going to be structured with your basic understanding of HTML. Then you know your design side's already there can design everything correctly and you'll know how, how that will be in, implemented as well so yeah semantics guys <laughs> and also you can obviously do the implementation as well so if you're trying to do a proof of concept for something and then you need to do a some sort of prototype um there's no reason why you can't design it build a little prototype in say code pen or just even locally um with some static content do the html do the css show it to your client as a working example um, and get that sign off, you know, instead of just showing them a, a static image or a series of images. Yeah, what I used to do um, with clients, just to show them, like, you know, how a, a carousel or a drop-down menu would work or a pop-up, I'd go and send them links of example websites that are already doing that kind of thing. Mm. And so then what I started doing after that was, well, why don't I just start, why don't I create, like, a, a playground, like, you know, code pane or something like that, and then just spend some time building these little, you know, bits of functionality. So a drop down, pop up, just little things, very, very small things. So that way I'm learning and I'm doing it on a regular basis. And then that way the client doesn't have to go and see, you know, third party websites and, you know, start getting, you know, distracted and stuff. So this way they just focus on the things that you've created for them using CodePen or your, you know, your coding playground sandbox. And then they can just, you know, get a better understanding 
of you know what it is you're trying to show them right so yeah um, another example of that which i've had on a project recently um with the client that i'm working with they've got a a form with a, a file upload field on it now they want they want it to be a custom looking field which is fine um so you know it's not your native uh, browser file upload which is fine but they also want a a clear button on there because um right the file upload field doesn't have a clear button natively uh, and the way that you have to clear it is by either resetting the whole form or you need to basically click on the choose file button again and then hit cancel and that resets that field right but that's a bit of a crap ux right so they wanted once the file is uploaded they wanted just a button to appear next to it with a little cross just to delete it now before i agreed to that design and i, I told them look i need to just research if this is available um yeah i did some you know hunting around on stack overflow um on how to implement this created myself a little code plane it was completely unstyled it just had a file file field with a little bit of javascript showed it to the yeah. client i go look this is how it's going to work this isn't going to how it's going to look but this is how it'll work um are you happy with this this ux of it and they were happy so then we then implemented that into the design and got signed off straight away and then also cool. because i had already created that proof of concept when it came to actually building the project it was already done nice. so you can get you know one step ahead and you can use your coding skills to help you get sign off on your design as well exactly yeah yeah because had that not been possible and had i designed it in the way i wanted it to look it would then fall onto either myself or someone else another developer to then figure that out and if it's not possible then or not possible in the way that's in, intended then yeah. it just you know you're back to square one you need to then go and update your designs go and talk to your client again and get that whole process you know started again yeah yeah that, that has happened to me in the past trying to um, explain to the developer how you know um for example like a, a button has a, a hover effect on it and it kind of depresses and you know those kind of states and i've sort of shown them in in a design like four different steps of a button and i've given that to the developer and i've tried to explain that you know this it should be like a gradual transition between each step and they just don't get it and you know yeah until you actually see a a working demo of something mm. It's not always obvious, isn't it, how, how it works? There you go. And, yeah. you know, there's some great prototyping tools now where you can create these things without any code, you know, using, mm. using like, Sketch and Figma and Envision. And... Yeah. But then, you know, that's something that not every designer knows how to do. I'm not very good at interaction design, uh, you know, animation. It's not my strength. But the time it takes me to learn how to do all that, I could probably knock it up with a bit of code in half the time. So mm. for me, it's much more efficient to just write a little bit of CSS and JavaScript than it is to start creating all these animation, keyframe animations in my design tool. Because um, then I'm still going to have to go and write the code for it afterwards. Um, so yeah, I think it's uh, overall, I'm leaning towards having both skills. Not just because I do have both, but I would say anyone who's a designer now and is even interested in web design or is currently working on web design, definitely learn the basics and see where it takes you. It might just become your core skill in the end. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I probably go as far as say anyone doing print design, anyone who just, you know, who's stuck in a box, just designing logos and branding and, you know, leaflets and things. 
you know the the, the whole principle the, the grid concepts there so that can easily be translated across to web design and then they can pick up the coding skills and you know encompass it all together right yeah true yeah but th then again these you know these designers who are just strictly working on logos and things m may never want to kind of go that way but you know yeah possibly not it's there the options are there and uh, you know you shouldn't be afraid to try it out yeah and another thing that it opens up is the ability to create your own little side projects as well mm. you know just yeah they don't have to be complicated but if you've got all the skills in house then why not do them yeah definitely um yeah i've just started experimenting with uh, working with advanced custom fields in wordpress and um implementing you know this code in templates using php and you know using wordpress functions uh things that you know i try not to mess around with too much but I've just found myself, you know, creating, you know, massive pieces of functionality for a website. And now I'm thinking, okay, I can rewrite so much stuff that I've done before with this, you know, with these functions that I now have that I've learned about just by spending a little bit of time reading up on the, you know, the WordPress codex and things, things like that and looking at examples. Yeah. Um, you know, now I can just start using this going forwards in other projects, but you know, a bit of learning there, stuff that I was a little bit afraid of, but I thought, hang on a minute, let's give it a go. Let's see where we can go with it. And, you know, it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's um, definitely something that any sort of you know designer who's out there who's thinking about it, you know, just start start getting into it. Maybe you know, pick your definitely start with your HTML. Um, understand structure of HTML code, CSS. They're the main things. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, would you would you think about you know people picking up SAS straight away, or would you say understand CSS, how it's, you know, how raw CSS is written and how that works and then kind of go towards SAS or less or would you yeah. say? Yeah, I'd always say start with the basics. Start with um, right hand writing your HTML. Don't rely on any sort of generators straight away. Um, learn about CSS, all the different properties and their values. Um, learn about vanilla JavaScript. Some of the basics, you don't need to know too much, but, you know, simple DOM manipulation, how to find elements on a page, how to add styling to them or how to, you know, interact with them. And then you can pick up frameworks later on. Because, you know, for a designer who needs to learn how to code, they don't need to learn SAS. They need to learn about... The main thing you need to learn is HTML structure. That's the most important thing. Uh, once you've got that nailed and some basic styling, then you can start looking at you know, the whole world of sort of web development will then open up to you if you want to. Yeah. But yeah, most important thing is definitely HTML structure because that's what's going to impact your design the most. Mm, yeah, that's that's the, the fundamentals of it all, isn't it? Yeah. What about what about um, coders who should design? Should coders design? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I would I would say yes. For all the same reasons, really. Well, not for all the same reasons, but just to have that understanding again of uh, you know what the other side of the table is is doing and what they're working on, rather than also always having you know everything work done in silos. Mm. I, I find that a lot of the time, especially with backend developers, don't want to offend anyone, but they tend to <laughs> not really care how things look. And uh, very true, yeah. You know, they don't necessarily have to care, but 
it could just um especially like if you're trying if if you're a backend developer and your your task is to get some data from a database and spit it out onto a page there's no reason why you can't add a little bit of structure to that oh yeah you know yeah. if if you're throwing an image onto a page uh, with some text and uh, you know some some data that needs to be shown in a table just put it in a table um, maybe set a width and stuff like that on the image or, you know, give it a rough structure. Yeah. Um, it just makes it a bit quicker for the, the front end developers then to, to pick that up um, and, and, and work with it based on the design. It, it's quite rare where design happens after a backend development. Mm. I don't think that happens very often, not in any scenarios that I've experienced anyway. So no, most of the time designers will have... No, sorry. Most of the time, developers will have a design to look at to reference. Uh, it would be nice if they just picked it up now and then and just learned some basics. Yeah. But then, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's as important for developers to learn how to design. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not essential. The other thing is, one thing I believe you can't really teach, you know, art skills and design skills to anyone. It's not something. No, yeah, it's it's something that you just you've either got it or you haven't really. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. it, it just develops over time. You can learn techniques, but techniques, yeah. I think the fundamentals, though, like you know, good spacing, and you know, structure. We've talked about um, things like that, and you can get into typography and sizing and things like that. But there's so many resources online where you can go and look at this stuff, and it'll give you it'll give a developer an idea of you know how things should look. Yeah. One um, thing I one thing I would say is I would recommend for developers to learn how to use design tools, design oh, applications. Not necessarily do the designs themselves, but know their way around Photoshop, know how to extract yeah. elements from Photoshop, know how to find out what the font is, what the color is. Yeah. And yeah. that way you don't always need to rely on someone else to give you assets. Yeah. Uh if you can extract these things yourself, you could just get a head start on things. So yeah, that's that's an option. So maybe we can take this one away, think about it a bit more and come up with yeah, another episode. Definitely. I think this this opens up loads of different um, avenues, I think. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. people can write in. If you've got an opinion on whether... You, if you're a designer who who, wants, who learns how to code, let us know. If you're a developer thinking, should I learn how to design, let us know as well. You can write to us at InspectFM on Twitter. Yeah, yeah good stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. I think that's pretty much covered it. Um, yeah, I think so. Essentially, me and you, we both think that it's a good thing. Some people yeah. may think not. There's plenty of reasons not to, but I think that overall there's more reasons to uh, be a designer who can code, whether you do it or not, at least have the ability. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good stuff. All right, go learn some coding. Yeah, guys. Yeah. You it here. Right. All right, on that note, you got any recommendations this week? Have you thought of anything? Um... Recommendations, recommendations. Oh, Mario Kart got released. Have you been playing it? On, I have, yeah, but it it kind of crashed, and oh. uh, I wasn't able to get back into it. But first, my first go on it, it was brilliant. Yeah, I've had a couple of goes. It's just Nintendo; they release these apps on the phones, right? Mm. So this is the third one that they released now. They did Mario Run, Doctor yep. Mario, and now Mario Kart, and every yeah. single one is just constant connectivity problems. Yeah, it's like pull it together, Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo. Yeah. But yeah, I had a go on that and it was I was really excited about it and it was good. 
Yeah. The amount of time I got to spend on it, it was good. Yeah. 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 So that's one recommendation. Um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've got one. I've got another YouTube channel this week. So it's a guy called Harry Mack. And um, he's a freestyle rapper. All right. Uh, I think he's from New York. Um, and basically what he does, he, he just, he walks around the streets and uh, he bumps into people and um, he's just freestyling and he'll pick out things in the crowd. So he'll, he'll drop in, you know, what someone's wearing or someone's eating a, a sandwich or they've got a Starbucks cup in their hand or stuff like that. He'll just, right. he'll drop those into his lyrics. And the guy is, the guy is crazy. I'm telling you. He's got, wow. some of his videos, they're like 15, 20 minutes long. And yeah. he's just constantly freestyling for the whole thing. And um, I've just been sitting there, like, with a massive grin on my face the whole way through, just, like, in awe of this guy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's brilliant, Harry Mack. So he's he's literally free freestyling. This guy is, like, ad hoc rapper. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's a, a specific term for that type of freestyling where they're just picking things out of the crowd. Um, yeah. Know, there's another video of him on the Ellen show where they got people in the audience <clears> to write these words out. And um, she's just holding up cards of these words one at a time. You know, that one could be a little bit staged, but the one where he's just walking down the street, mm. Mm. like he, he picks up the smallest details within seconds. Someone walks past him right. and uh, within, within I would say, one bar, yeah. uh, he's dropped in something about that person. Wow. Uh, he's just really quick. I mean, a lot of his stuff is a bit repetitive, so he says he says a lot of the similar things each time. So he's he's clearly got like some go to words which rhyme yeah. with certain things. Mm. Um, but you know, in, either way, brilliant, brilliant. Man, sounds good. I'll definitely check that one out. Yeah, Harry Mack, check him out. It's really good. Harry Mack, yeah. Cool. All right, wicked. Cool. Okay. Um, that's it for this week. Uh, like I said, what was it? Like I said, I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. Um, all right, should we send it there? Okay, cool. That's it for this week. Um, if you like the show or if you've got any opinions on whatever we've just been saying, um, I'm sure a lot of you have got opinions on it, you can write to us on Twitter at InspectorFem or you can uh, catch us on Instagram even. It's uh, Inspect underscore FM, unfortunately. Uh, I had to crap, put that crappy underscore in there. Um, but all the details of this show, previous shows, show notes, and everywhere, all our different like places you can find us online, it's all on the website, inspect.fm. So that's the one that you need to remember. Uh, be good if you can leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcast or whatever podcast player you're using, if you can. And until then, we'll catch you in the next show. Yeah, see you then.